Hello, I'm Angela. And I'm Marie, the second half of this mother and daughter team. Welcome to Chalker Checkups. We're here to guide you on your quest for spiritual knowledge and enlightenment. Well, hello and welcome back. Today, we're going to be talking about thought forms and how that can affect your house and your life. All right. So what about thought forms, mom? What is a, a thought form? Well, thoughts are things. They're, they're not nothing. They, they actually have some tangibility to them. And when we have the same thought over and over again, thoughts attract the same thought. So they kind of begin to clump together and they become more animated. Over a very, very long time, they can become entities or they can even become personas. And if they're very negative, they can become something like a demon. But we're not going to go that far today. We're just talking about thought forms. So if you have a thought and it's not aimed at someone per se, it can be just a thought form floating around the house or floating around a person. But you can also have a thought form that's sort of aimed at a person that will be being influenced by, by everyone, you know, in the family. For example, maybe you have three or four kids and one, one child doesn't read quite so early. So someone starts to say, well, Bruce just isn't quite as smart as his brothers and sisters. And then the grandmother comes in and says, but he's still cute, even if he isn't smart. And over a long period of time, one or another, the aunts, the uncles, the sisters, they keep saying things like that about this one child who is just maybe developmentally a little bit slower. But that thought form begins to be in the house and it also begins to be around the child. So the child begins to react to the thought form and believe it and starts to think that about themselves. And it just becomes like in the old Peanuts cartoons, a little dark cloud that is following around that person and is also hovering around inside the house. Okay. In in society, we have that happening where people will get just caught up. Someone gets a thought out there and they just get caught up in that thought. And then they start generating that same thought. And pretty soon it's like it's a belief system and everybody thinks that's true. And it doesn't necessarily even need to be true. This happened. A good example of that was during World War II when after the Japanese attacked, people in this country decided that anybody with Japanese heritage was dangerous, even though they might have been born in America and lived next door to you for 20 years. They decided that Japanese people were going to kill you in your sleep and they were dangerous and they needed to be put in prison. And so they gathered up all these um, Japanese American people and put them in internment camps. And yeah. these were these weren't people that were at war. These weren't people that were dangerous. These were their neighbors and their friends. And suddenly they became enemies. And this is 
a good example of how people got all caught up in this one big thought form of fear and they weren't even paying attention to any kind of logic or what was going on. They just kind of jumped in and magnified it, magnified it to the point it really got out of control. I mean, I think there was a lot of that going around in, in 2020 as well with COVID and um, fear of Chinese for releasing this virus upon us and things like that. There was a lot of the same kind of thing going on. It happens a lot. happens a lot in neighborhoods. You can have two people of different skin color and you start to say the people with that color skin, the people with the orange skin or the green skin, they're dangerous people. They're people that will kill you. They're people that can't be trusted. And it makes no sense whatsoever because everybody has individual in every society. There are individuals that are dangerous and there are individuals that are totally great people. Yeah. But people get caught up in that and they create and add to that thought form. And so then you'll go into some towns and the prejudice and the sort of blindness to what's really going on is almost palatable. And you go, wow, it feels intense in this place. I don't want to live here. You know? And other places feel really good. And sometimes someone will come forward and they've got a lot of, of clout in some way, politically or otherwise, and they'll start to change it. And then they'll all turn around and 10 years later, it's a lot different environment there. Mm-hmm. So that's how it happens kind of in society. But that can also happen in your home. And with your children and with your family. And it's important to be aware of that and not be victimized or be influenced by a strange thought form. Yeah. So how do we become more aware that that would be something that's going on? Well, one way to become aware is to pay attention to what thoughts come into your head. And not to necessarily assume that they're yours. We live in a day and a time where telepathy is much stronger than it was uh, 50 or 100 years ago. And we're in close proximity to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy for somebody with a strong mind and a strong psychic ability to be projecting a thought. And if that person is negative, They can be projecting a negative thought. And if you suddenly have this thought, Mount Hood is going to explode, it may or may not be going to explode. But if a lot of people are saying that and you're feeling that and then you start to react to that and it's not true, it's probably a thought form from some fear that something got going. Mm -hmm. So when you have some thoughts like that come in say, well, where did that thought come from? Is that really me is that really an intuition or is that just a crazy thought form going around and then decide to reject that thought or send it away with light you know send send it off with some light yeah because you're saying these kind of show up as like literal big clouds in things that you end up walking through or getting in touch with when you're like feeling them this is yes And this can particularly happen because if you're outside and the sun is blowing and everything and and raining, there's a kind of natural clearing and purifying of thought forms. 
Uh It's hard for them to stay static in the wind and the sun and the rain. But in a building where the air may be even a little static, particularly in buildings with square corners, like most houses or with box size bedrooms, living rooms and everything like that, it's very easy for thought forms to get caught and hang out. And in hallways and different different areas, they will get stuck. And when that happens, then the whole family begins to be influenced by that. Uh-huh. Um, I had a really good example. They had this couple that uh, they were really in love with each other, but then they started to have fights often. They moved into a rental and then they started fighting. And then they were trying to divorce and they actually had me come over to help them sort of arbitrate their separation. And we were walking around the house and I walked down this hall and I went, whoa, you know, what happened here? In one area of the hallway, there was this huge, dark thought form. And I got thinking, I said, when do you guys usually fight? And they said, well, right before we go to bed. And I thought, that's interesting. You mean right before you walk down this hallway? Or right after you walk down this hallway. And they said, yeah, why? What, what difference would that make? And I said, well, what kind of violent, awful thing happened in this hallway? And they said, well, nothing. I said, well, maybe you better check and see if there was something historically that happened here. And they checked and found out that there was. There was a very violent altercation that had taken place right there. So basically what was happening is they'd come home, they'd be okay. They'd walk down the hall and they'd get caught up in this thought form. They'd be anxious and irritated and upset, get in the bedroom and they'd start to fight. Yeah. So we smudged and cleaned up the hallway and they're back in love again. (laughs) (laughs) No divorce needed. No divorce needed. (laughs) So you know, that got me thinking about all these houses and people. Sometimes the problem is not the people. <laughs> the problem right. is what's going on in this house. And that isn't a haunting. That is not a ghost. Uh, that's not a haunted house. That's just a, a house with a big thought form from something that happened. It's like the the energy of it is just still there. All the thoughts are still there. No one's bothered to clean that up. Mm-hmm. and if you don't bother to clean it up and it's just sitting there and it keeps attracting more thoughts in their case it kept attracting more anger to the point that they wanted to hurt each other and they you know finally at least they were enlightened enough to say we better separate before we physically hurt one another right but it didn't have to come to that because we figured out what was going on and, and solved the problem yeah so, so how do you clean up something like that in cases where it's a very heavy thought form like that, I think the best way is to smudge it with uh, salt and alcohol. You've got to do this a little bit carefully, but what you do is you take a frying pan, you put some sea salt in the frying pan, not tons, you know, a tablespoon or so is plenty, and then you pour in about two tablespoons, Not again, not a great deal because it's going to make a hot flame of rubbing alcohol and light it Mm -hmm. and 
put on a uh, oven mitt so you don't burn your hand and very carefully walk around with that. Don't light the curtains or anything on fire, but, and that will literally, it's like a mega candle flame. It will literally just burn these thought forms right out of the, uh, the, the whole house and that's very effective yeah it sounds easy enough if you do have something dark going on if you really if you move into some place and you feel like the house is really dark or even if you just move into a house for the first time it's a really good idea just to do what i call a triple smudge get some sage and smudge the entire house particularly do every corner of the entire house up in the corners as high as you can get one of those reachers and reach ray up and smudge the corners um smudge in the closets smudge underneath some of the sinks and everything any place where any thoughts could get trapped then get some fresh cedar branches some fresh cedar fronds and kind of go around and bat them around on things just as much as you can and would wave them about and then use the um, alcohol and sea salt lit and, and go around with that. For the cedar, is that lit as well? Or you're just, no, 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 just, just, just the fresh cedar, just the fresh branches of a, uh, if you can find a cedar tree, cut some of fresh, fresh, you know, the fresh branches, not, doesn't have to be a great big branch, just the end of the, you know, about a foot off the end of the branch. So it's kind of the green, fresh green scent of the cedar. Yeah. I think a lot of us have heard about sage, but what does the cedar do? It just has the uh, energy of that divic energy and the clearing. It's a very good thing for clearing. Uh-huh. You know, they use cedar in a lot of things for clearing, clearing the heart energy, clearing various different energies, and it works. Fresh cedar clears energy. Nice. The way of bringing some of that outside nature cleansing into the house. You know how it feels so great when you bring a Christmas tree or something in. Yeah, I mean, I'm always attracted to just the smell of like fresh, freshly cut cedar. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's it it clears everything out. It makes everybody a little, feel a little good. bit harder to find in the desert, but <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> It's a little bit trickier, but you could use a, a cedar oil, essential okay. oil too. That would work. Yeah. But almost anybody that's been in a house for a long time, if they haven't ever done that, if they do those three things to clear the house, it's going to make a huge difference. And it's going to start to feel a lot better. And then you're back to square one. And then you need to do it fairly often especially if you have people that have a lot of intense emotions or they're very busy or they're very concentrating on things and they spend a lot of time with that intense energy in the house because it builds up yeah also thought forms get caught in cobwebs so if you start seeing a lot of cobwebs and you clear them out they'll it'll help clear out the thought forms okay and thought forms thought forms attract entities so then if you have too many thought forms, you'll start attracting entities and you'll start seeing little like funny shadows. Like I thought I saw a shadow flit across the room and people think, is that a ghost? You know, and it's really not. It's just a 
it's like the next stage of a thought form coming through. Uh-huh. The like cleaner the, your house, the cleaner the energy is. The cleaner the energy is. You're back to, you know, you're back to a reset zero. It gives you a chance. So how often are we talking about um, this? And are we, are we doing the triple, triple sage, like often, or just like. You don't have to do that that often unless you're, you know, really going at each other. (laughs) Right. And of course, how the houseplants help too. If you have some indoor houseplants will help to keep the energy clearer also. That can be really helpful. Even if our houseplants aren't the healthiest, they still help. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> in a sad and pathetic sort of way. <laughs> help me, help me. <laughs> help me and I'll help you. <laughs> yeah. Well, how a lot of houseplants will actually add more oxygen to the air, so that helps keep your mind clearer, too. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, plants will help to clear clear some of the static out of the house it's interesting for a while um round houses became popular uh but then they didn't that idea didn't stick too much and the reason why is when you have a round house or a dome the energy doesn't get stuck and it go it keeps circulating 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 and uh, in a way that's refreshing however if you have any negativity it's like being slammed with it constantly. Mm-hmm. Like so, a whirlpool kind of thing? Yeah, it's like a whirlpool of, you know, it could be a whirlpool of love and light, but it can also be a whirlpool of negativity. So right. in order to live and be happy in a round house, you have to be a fairly centered person. So a lot of people bought round houses and then they started breaking them up into rooms you know, we need a divider here and we need another room here. And pretty soon they're just round on the outside and a whole bunch of weird squares and triangles on the inside. Mm-hmm. Because it's just very difficult to live in for very much time. The shape of a house really can make a lot of difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, these all bigger ceilings that they people have now and with more light and air, those are easier to live in than the older, smaller houses with the lower ceilings and the tinier halls because things get more stuck that way. Yeah, why are the high ceilings better? Because to me, it just seems like it would be harder to reach up into those corners too. It is, but it's more space and more light. So it's not so compact and you're not so close to it physically either. Oh, gotcha. No. So you have a little bit so more. So if it now. does get trapped, you're not as likely to like come in contact with it. Yeah, not quite so much. It's, it's, it's easier. And it's lighter. More light actually has an effect also on thought forms. Physical mm-hmm. light. And yeah, just like natural light. Natural light, yes. Natural light, sunlight. And older houses that are darker, they, they tend to be harder to keep clear of thought forms. What do you think about those um, UV light bulbs and stuff like that for that they use for people with like seasonal depression? That's like artificial sunlight. Do you think that yeah. will help? Yes, I do think that will help. And you could probably even go around and, and uh, in a way you could probably smudge with one of those and have some effect too in a positive really? way. 
Yes. Like if you're uh-huh. swinging a lamp around. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, they have those UV wands that you could use to kill viruses in a house. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you could use something like that, but it probably would also clear a lot of the thought forms too. Yeah, cool. I mean, some people wouldn't like that because they like their little thought castle they like (laughs) they like being (laughs) they like being stuck where they are and they they're pretty sure everything they're thinking is just right on and that's the way it should be so they don't want to that they don't want fresh air even you know they just like it all dark and all cluttered and the way it is but if you want to have you know more love and be more in the now you don't want a whole bunch of, of of thought forms in the house okay what else can affect your house? Well, there's quite a few things. One of the things that people don't really think about or know about when they go to buy a house is that if a house is cut into a hillside or they've taken off the top of a, like of a mountain or a hill or a ridge and they've disturbed an elemental, this can cause a major problem inside a house now this isn't a thought form this is actually a nature being they're called elementals and elementals are not like angels or plant divas they're really not very interested in people they're very just they're they're just very powerful nature beings and they want to be where they're supposed to be so if you go in with a D9 and make a huge cut so you can put this house into a side of a hill, Mm -hmm. you may or may not disturb one. If you disturb one, then that elemental keeps trying to move back into where its spot is. And you get this, you've got this very strong being moving in and out and in and out of the house. And it's amazing how much difficulty these things can cause. They're also get very disturbed by those electrical boxes, those big uh, boxes they'll put at the corner of neighborhoods sometimes or outside of businesses. And in a house, sometimes where there's an elemental coming in, I had a friend, now she had one that was not too disturbed, but a little disturbed. So it would just move into her guest room and then out and then in and then out. And when I was sleeping in there, I could feel it kind of move in. And when an elemental moves through your body, you feel kind of like you're on a, on a rowboat or something and, and you're nauseous. So you, I feel this heaviness and the sort of this nausea and then it go away and feel a little better and come back uh-huh. and go away. So I'm like, I don't think I want to sleep in your guest room. I'd rather just sleep on your sofa. <laughs> and it's very hard to negotiate with them because they're, they're not too interested in anything that you want to do with them. And they're, they just aren't too interested in working with you. I right. tried a very, I tried various different things to negotiate to keep the elemental out of her guest room and we made a little bit of progress like it didn't come in quite so much but mostly it didn't work yeah what did you do to negotiate with this thing well try to meditate with it and see it you know see it its space being moved out to where it is and 
and ask it to please, you know, stay out of the house, but it didn't want to do that. It uh-huh. wanted to be in where it considered it, its space. I was in one house that when you laid down on any of the beds in the house, it felt like there was like an earthquake or you were on a ship and it was just rocking and rocking. Mm-hmm. And literally I spent one night there and I was holding on all night long. It just, you just couldn't sleep. And the people that lived there, their children were always looking to go do a sleepover with someone. Right. They just didn't want, they didn't want to sleep at home. It was a very nice house. So they basically just sold the house, which isn't really a solution for whoever buys it. And you wind up with these houses, really nice houses that keep selling. Right. Because once that happens, there's no going back. So if someone's going to buy a house like that, the way you can tell is you just tell the realtor or whatever, just to be quiet and walk around the house and feel like you'll feel cold spots and warm spots and cold spots. Sometimes it'll feel like you're walking into cold air and then it'll feel warmer than another cold air. And also when there's an elemental that's been disturbed, there'll be darker areas. It looks like with, even though the lighting is the same, one end of the hall just seems darker and colder than the other end. There was a commercial building that these people asked me to come and look at they said we just can't keep these six offices rented and Uh right outside of the offices there was this huge electrical boxes that fed the conduits for the neighborhood in that commercial area and as you walk down the hall it just got darker and darker and darker and then those those offices they felt like they were degrees colder and i could just feel the elemental there it was getting what kind pushed. of elemental is being attracted to those boxes they're not being attracted to them they're being repelled by them so they're being pushed out that's an earth elemental and it's being pushed out of the area in the in the earth where it would be because the box is disturbing it uh-huh. and so it's winding up being pushed into the building because they put this huge electrical field there and they don't like that would you have the same or similar kind of problem if you're building by a river with like water elementals or something like that? I haven't personally experienced problem with water elementals, but I've had uh, people come and have me look at houses and the problem was underground water. Uh-huh. Now, water is cleansing and water keeps the energy moving and people would say, I can't sleep in this house or I can't relax in this house. And then I'd say, well, have you looked at a, you know, a map, a topography map or a soil map? Is there an underground river here? And they find out that there was, because that will just keep the energy moving. And it's like being at a party all the time, which is great. (laughs) If If you want a party. (laughs) If it's under your family room, that's okay. But if it's under your bedroom, that's not so good. And in one one people's house, what we did is I said, is there any way you could just make this family room into the two bedrooms and switch it all around? And they said, finally, even though it was expensive, they decided that's what they were going to do. And that worked better because the water was just going under this one end of the house. And you could really 
when you, again, when you stop and walk around and just feel the difference and feel like how, wow, all of a sudden I feel excited and, you know, what's going on here? Then you realize there's some energetic change going on and that's going to be in your house all the time. Right. And if you don't want that in certain rooms, depend on the function of the room. So they have to be careful about that because that can be really tricky to try to live in. Yeah. And it again, it's not that solvable. You can't change an underground river. <laughs> Make bedrooms on another part of the property. Yeah, and I just keep thinking here there's so many people trying to build the house with a view on the hill so they're cutting into the hillsides but there's no real way to tell if they're going to disturb an elemental before they do it is there no i mean you can walk around a, a hilly piece of property and kind of feel where they are and where they're not but okay. it's it's difficult to feel where they are if you're cut 50 feet or 100 feet into the hill so uh -huh. Even though on the surface you, you you might feel like it's okay, but a hundred feet in, it may not be okay. So then you're kind of stuck because once you've, you know, mucked it up and you built a house there, then you're just stuck with that going on. Mm -hmm. I don't know if someone out there finds a way to make them happy. Let us know, and we can put it on. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my mind goes people. just into creating, like, a peace offering, like, maybe putting a mound <laughs> of dirt somewhere in the house, but, like, here's your home. <laughs> well, that may not be a bad idea. Dirt like, I'm going to put a really big plant here so you can hang out. That kind of thing seems to work with plant divas, but I haven't had much luck with, uh, with the elementals. So, okay. But maybe it's just me. Maybe there's someone else out there that has... Uh, a great affinity for them yeah the other thing that can happen in in your house that is you know partly can be thought forms or can be other influences is or you could have psychic disturbances going on in your house or thought forms coming through your house that might be there because they're being attracted to a highly psychic individual in the home well mm -hmm. A child or um well just anybody and that could keep people from sleeping or if somebody is distressed or they have been traumatized they could be attracting just transient um minor demons so something that they're just they're not literally attacking anybody or attaching to someone but they're attracted enough to be going through the house mm-hmm and waking people up at night or people feeling like something's going down the hall or something's doing something that you don't, you sense it. You might even see it, but you don't know what it is, but you have enough of a sense of it to feel like it's disturbing. Mm -hmm. And one way that you can deal with that to build a crystal lattice around your house. And you do this by a meditation. Start with imagining a, a, a great big gold crystal, gold or white will work, in the center of your biggest room in the house. And just take some time and breathe and picture a great big shining crystal, maybe the size of a dining room chair, in the 
in the center of that room. And then when you've got that pictured in your mind, imagine the floor now becoming crystal, like it's coated in the same gold crystal. And then start to see the walls. Okay, now the, this living room wall and the wall behind me is now gold crystal. And the walls and the windows on the other side are gold crystal and the bedrooms. And just in your mind, go through every wall in the entire house, particularly the outside walls, and see them all in gold crystal. And then the ceilings and then the roof peak of the house. And then when you got that pretty well pictured, then say this is my domain and I'm declaring that nothing can come past this gold barrier unless it is a gold or a higher vibration. Yeah. I mean, that just sounds like a good thing to do in general. Yes. Yeah. That's a good thing to do. Definitely. It will just keep, it'll keep out thought forms. It'll keep out anything dark that just might have be out there wandering around psychically. And uh, it brings down a lot of this disturbance and agitation that sometimes keeps people awake and they don't even know why they're awake. Yeah. For me, when I was younger, I was attracting so much psychic activity that things were zipping through the walls left and right and down the halls and back and forth. <laughs> it was really crazy and interesting, but really kind of crazy. And um, I, I was always jumping up in the middle of the night seeing something or sensing it coming or was a little skitzy so yeah I'm curious how you handled that when you were younger like did you know to smudge or anything at that point no not at that point I was just pretty much like a cat on a hot tin roof (laughs) (laughs) what was that whoa what's that well that was weird (laughs) and then uh someone uh an older psychic me to do this and i'm like wow this is much better because <laughs> <laughs> there's no advantage to having that kind of stuff happening yeah and particularly psychic children and, and that would happen a lot more when i was younger and especially in your teens it's just kind of crazy making yeah because you think like kids are just more open and stuff so they tend to be more psychic when people are younger well they haven't had as much time to shut down so whatever ability they have is going to tend to be higher the younger they are Uh uh-huh whatever whatever natural affinity they have is going to be higher when they're younger okay and almost everybody goes through a big opening around between 13 and 15 years old So no matter what your level of psychic ability is, you're going to have this big opening around that time. can be a little different for, I think girls tend to be a little earlier, boys a little bit later, but there's no hard rule on that. Yeah. But everyone, a kind of an opening. So all of a sudden, wow, things are a little different. I'm seeing things differently. I definitely went through that. I know a lot of people that have went 
gone through that. And I talked to people, I've talked to people this week that have talked about going through that. So that's pretty common. And you definitely want to, when you have teenagers in the house, you want to keep the, the general flow of thought forms and everything as calm as possible. Mm-hmm. They get overwhelmed, then they do something to damp down, and usually they'll start taking drugs or something or drinking alcohol to bring their energy down. Mm-hmm. They're not likely to come and say, hey, mom and dad, my psychic disturbances are a little too high, so can you smudge more? Um, <laughs> yeah, they might not <laughs> even be aware of that going on. It's a good idea if you keep everything really clean, keep the thought energy really clean then they're more comfortable at home and they might even be more comfortable at home than out in the world. And so then you create a really nurturing environment. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a, that's a really good idea to do that. Very cool. What other types of psychic disturbances can you have in your home? Well, you can have a ghost or a family ghost and that can vary whether or not um, that is a good thing for you or a bad thing for you. I I remember I went to do a reading for this one woman and um, her husband was just sitting there on a log in her kitchen. I don't know why he was on a log, but <laughs> really nice man. And he was just sitting there smiling and she was delighted when I told her, I described this man to her and she said, that's my husband and I'm thrilled that he's there. So she was fine with that. And uh, he seemed fine with that and the energy was really nice. So that wasn't a problem. Mm-hmm. But if you're having a ghost in the house and it's disturbing people and you don't want it there, then there's ways to get rid of it. To be clear, 90% or probably maybe a hundred percent of the ghost stories where ghosts are throwing things and, doing things like that that is actually not a ghost those are demons ghosts don't do those things demons do that kind of thing most ghosts are you know your dead neighbor or your dead you know mom or dad or great uncle or something like that and if they didn't tend to do that behavior when they were alive they don't do it when they pass so it's probably not that but they can be wandering around and trying to figure out where they belong and trying to get in bed with you at night. That happens and that can be really weird just so they have a place to sleep or, you know, scaring your pets because the pets seem to be more aware of them. Mm-hmm. So one of the things you can do is to set up a little altar for them on a little table or a little nook and put a, if you know who the ghost is and put a candle and a few things of memorabilia around and then start to talk to the ghost as you're going down the hall and say, you know, okay, and, and Christine, uh, an angel is going to come and bring you into the light and you can come here to this altar when, whenever you're feeling confused or something and, an altar and an angel will be coming soon and bring you to the light and keep doing that. And that will attract the the ghost to that and get their consciousness up a little bit. And an angel will come eventually and take that person out and transfer them to a different space. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you just have to 
get them to the point where they understand that they have passed and that they don't belong in the house anymore. What's the biggest distinction between the ghosts and demons that are moving things around? Well, a demon is a pretty dark energy. And if you've got something like that going on, then, well, it was one of two things. Either you're in a house where there's been something very dark happening and you need to definitely do a triple smudge and probably bring in someone to determine that. I think I might have talked about that in another podcast, but I had a friend that she moved into a house where there was a demon and she got sick, her cat got sick, everything in her life crashed. You know, it was bad things were happening in the house. And that is from a demonic energy. But luckily it was not anything that was directly attracted to her. It was some from some other thing that had happened. So it was easy enough to get away from. Uh-huh. And you treat that differently than you would just treat a ghost a ghost just needs some direction and a lot of times a ghost is hanging around because they're just not complete or they're not sure they don't have a belief system that gives them an option like if they believe there's one life and one life only then they die and they still have consciousness and they don't know what to do because it doesn't fit what they said is supposed to happen Uh uh-huh so you need to kind of train them a little bit. That's why you say, well, okay, you know, the angels are going to come. They're going to talk to you. And there are people, both physical people like myself, who will go and talk to those people on the astral and say, okay, you know, it's not quite what you expected, but, you know, we're going to help you out here. And then there are also angelic beings that will do that. So you have to give them a little time to adapt. Mm-hmm. Whereas demons are just dark energy. They're, they are dark thoughts and dark thought forms that hundreds and hundreds or thousands of these dark thought forms have come together. Kind of like a computer program that started out with just a few words and then sentences and then became an AI. And now it's a really evil AI. Okay. I mean, it's kind of really works about the same way. Yeah. And, and now it's wanting to destroy things and cause problems and has you know, mind cause, Yeah, cause things to break and people to fall down and things of that nature. Where the ghosts aren't really harmful, they're just kind of hanging out in the house. Generally, they're just kind of hanging out. I mean, the most they'll maybe make a door slam or maybe pick up your keys and put them somewhere or something like that, but they're not causing harm or things like that. Uh-huh. Those are harder to get rid of. Those you're going to have to bring up the vibration in the whole house by smudging the house, doing triple smudge, probably meditating or maybe even doing some chanting in the house or singing spiritual songs. Sacred sound works really well. So if you don't want to like chant, you can just even sing a beautiful song will tend to push the energy out and then again, see everything in light. Mm-hmm. But then you also have to examine if there's someone in the house that you're living with that has this demon attached to them and check that out and try to figure out if, if somebody is that disturbed. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I have had situations where there was something going on in the house and it turned out to be a 
one of the young teenagers had been attacked and molested and no one was really paying attention to what was going on. And in a way, the demon was kind of doing a service by bringing people's attention to the problem. Yeah. Not the best scenario to live with, but. Yeah, I hate hearing that things like that happen, but I know that it does all the time. Yeah, it does happen. And it's not normal and it's not common to have a dark energy in a home. It has to happen from something pretty dark happening. Mm -hmm. But then you also have to be sensible about it. I I had these people in Williams, they said their house was haunted because a whole bunch of Indians starved to death in that area. And I was looking out their window and there was a river and there was these all these ancient oak trees and there's deer leaping around. And I said, well, they must have been really stupid Indians. (laughs) (laughs) Because (laughs) this would be just the kind of place they would live so they could survive well. (laughs) It's very doubtful that a whole bunch of Indians starved to death right here in this valley. So someone had told him some ridiculous thing, and obviously that was not what was going on. <laughs> right. But uh, wait, so what was actually going on, or like why? Why well, did they I, think I the house think was had... like haunted? I I don't know why they thought the house was haunted. I think they just had a a lot of dark thought forms in their house, and they had a lot of uh conflict amongst the people in the house and that was mainly what was going on they were just had a psychological war going on in the house the house wasn't haunted there was nothing wrong with the house the property was beautiful and i didn't find a trace of any native american ghosts running around (laughs) 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 just just a lot of very uptight people living in a small space. <laughs> I mean, that would do it anyway. A lot of people in a tight space is uh, hard to keep everyone getting along a lot of times. So, Well, that's true. And, and a lot of times people, uh, this is something to think about. Powerful people tend to have energy fields and they tend to blow them out. They tend to make them big. So let's say you have a small house, you know, I have, you have a thousand square foot house and you have people that have 20 foot uh, across energy fields. Mm, mm -hmm. So that doesn't give, if you have two or three of those people in that house, everybody's in everybody else's space and it begins to feel like you're you're all all over each other all the time in a way you are i had one couple that they literally told me we get along really well but we like to live in separate houses yeah (laughs) and then i noticed how huge you know one of them their energy field was so huge and i said well i think i know why that is you know uh if you made your energy field a lot smaller you maybe your husband would be more comfortable in the house. <laughs> yeah. 
but they had actually just got to the point they just bought two houses and then they were happily married in two different houses but uh, a lot of people can't do that so that's that's one thing that will cause problems and that's something that is being has nothing to do with this structure it has everything to do with how you're managing it energetically inside on your own Mm -hmm. and that's important you know to know that too so it's partly it's partly not buying the wrong thing being careful what you're buying and and understanding why this house might be being sold you know perfectly good house and no one wants to live in it there's something going on there and especially houses that have sold three or four times and seemed like a good deal probably not right partly uh it's the actual architecture of the house there's certain architectures that just deal and there are other is there a better architectural design than others well i think a, a really good architecture would be something that had some wind moving across the property in a way that uh keeps the air and and kind of cleanses cleanses the property it's not stagnant like in the middle of a heavily forested area or a place that the air is not moving uh-huh. that would be good uh eastern facing is good uh it's good to you know you're waking up to an eastern facing uh doorway is good but you don't want your front door to face north because that the energy if your front door is facing north that's the energy of going to sleep you know uh, going deep inside hibernating things like that and that's hard to live in day by day so east or east or west is better than north south is okay too but north is not great uh high higher ceilings some good windows that you could both open for the air exchange but also bright light sun sunlight is great sunlight is both cleansing energetically and it's also cleansing will actually kill germs so some enough windows to bring in a lot of light that's very important no no underground water (laughs) yep (laughs) (laughs) so look around if there's like uh like a little culvert that would went went under the house that can be interesting just keep your eyes open for all of those things and then you're kind of saying also that a more rectangular shape house might actually be better than like a circle design unless you're just very you know if you're meditating every day and and you can really live in dynamic energy it could be great but if you're not then that probably it's not going to work for you okay cool anything else we need to know about house cleaning no i don't think so too much except that it's always nice to just spray everything with some beautiful essential oils and and that not only kills all the germs raises the vibration and it smells wonderful yeah yeah what, Is a- that, what about this like if we had a, a spray bottle of essential oils like which ones do you like to um spray in the house to raise the vibration i really love frankincense and grapefruit together that makes a floral scent that i think is just amazing and frankincense 
everybody has this energy called a Hertz and frankincense literally raises up the energy of the physical body. They, you can rub it on the bottom of your feet and literally bring up the energy of your whole body, but it also bring up the energy in the air and, um, in your house. And of course, and all citrus is all very antiseptic. So frankincense and grapefruit together would kill the germs, bring up the, the energy and make everything smell amazing. Awesome. I'll have to make a blend of that. Yes. Make your house smell wonderful, have the energy be wonderful and live happy. Yeah. And start smudging every day. And smudge every day. <laughs> smudge your guests before they come in. <laughs> Well, that's probably a good point. If you have someone that's coming to work on your house or fix your plumbing, you should probably smudge after they leave. Absolutely. That's actually a very good idea. (laughs) (laughs) It would be a little weird to be stopping people and smudging them before you let them come in. (laughs) Yeah. Well, awesome. Uh, If anyone has any additional questions, we always love to hear from you guys uh love hearing those voice messages come in so there's a link uh to send us a voice message at the description of this podcast feel free we love hearing from you guys and yeah we will have another episode for you very shortly next tuesday hopefully let us know about your special house problem or solution We'd love to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) Problems or solutions. Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, until next time.